Today we have Satya Masina on the show. Do you want to know how to become a successful multifamily investor? Satya Messina is an experienced multifamily investor who has learned the ropes the hard way. He knows what it takes to succeed in this business and he wants to share his knowledge with you. He started as an accidental landlord and has grown to owning over 1,000 multifamily units. His philosophy is to move the needle every single day. By investing in apartment communities, you can create wealth for yourself and for your family. Satya has done it, and now he's ready to share his journey with you. Listen and learn. Before we jump into the intro, if you have interest in learning how to invest passively, check out my five-step process for passively investing in real estate. You can download it for free by going to darrenbatchelder.com backslash learn and then select the free PDF. Now, onto the intro. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing. Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. A little background on Satya Messina before we start the show. Satya lives in the DFW area. He got started as an accidental landlord with a New Jersey townhome. Since then, he's learned the business and has grown to over 1,000 units. He believes in doing what you say. He believes in picking the right partners. He also believes that this opportunity is open to all of us. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Satya Messina here. Satya, I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thanks, Ted. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, a little bit on how uh, we know each other. We're both part of the same multifamily mentorship group in the Dallas area, the Brad Summer mm. group, um, but kind of a funny story um, to share. And I want to get his take on, on one of these deals as we go, get into the uh, conversation. But um, my first syndication deal was it was a deal uh, in Crowley, about 20 minutes south of Fort Worth. And um, when I went on the property tour, Satya was leaving the property and um, so I'm like, oh man, he's, you know, he's competitive. And, and so mm-hmm. this is going to be a tough one to win. And uh, we ended up winning that one. And, um, but then I don't know how long afterwards I was visiting another property and it was in Howe, um, which is between McKinney and, and uh, Sherman in North Dallas. And um, it was the same exact thing. Satya was leaving the property, just had a property <laughs> tour and I was coming yeah. on and I loved the property. I loved the opportunity. And as I was driving home, I actually thought to myself, I should call Satya and we should partner on this deal. And, you know, I get, let my ego get in the way and um, figured I would just go at it myself. And he beat me to the punch on that one. <laughs> and uh, so, so I'm interested to hear yeah. how that deal went. 
So um, with that, how many properties and how many units are you currently up to? Sure, Dad. And, you know, just quick comment, like, you know, we win some, we lose some, you know. It's interesting <laughs> that we came across each other on two properties and then you won uh, on one and then we, we won <laughs> on, the, on the other. So it's, it's quite it's interesting. Funny. Yeah. yeah, very funny. So on total, I've transacted about little over 1,000 units then. And after dispositions and so on, we now have about seven properties, close to 700 plus units, and we're acquiring more. That's fantastic. So, you know, if you could start with sharing, like, what was your background before you got into uh, real estate investing? And then how'd you get started into real estate investing? Sure, Tatton. I was an IT guy specifically working in the financial services industry. Primarily, my role as a professional services consultant was to travel out to big banks and implement our products and so on. I, I think I've been in IT you know, since 99 and specifically from in the financial services uh, slash technology since 2004. And I was really getting restless, wanting to get out of the corporate world, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And I've explored several franchise businesses. I'm glad nothing worked out because <laughs> I don't think I would have survived any retail restaurant kind of franchise businesses, right? Yeah, a lot, a lot of them had, had serious struggles through COVID, yes. You know, I think, uh, you know, later on, I realized like, you know, probably I'm not suitable for that kind of business. But I think what that gave me is that while, you know, I was seriously uh, considering a coffee franchise and I was looking into the commercial uh, strips for, for leasing uh, to, to start a coffee business. And then that didn't work out, but the commercial real estate, like, you know, stick with me. And at that time, I was, I, I did a little bit research into it and then figured out if I'm ever going to get into, you know, commercial, I mean, not that I had that kind of money. So I started off uh, with eight unit apartment complex. So that's, that's how I got started in multifamily. But I also considered myself as an um, accidental landlord. I mean, a, a side story to that is that I was in New Jersey, you know, uh, I had a townhome there. I was moving back to Texas. That was like, you know, uh, late 2008, uh, 2009 timeframe. And if you recall the, the housing crisis and so on. So I listed my townhome for sale. It didn't sell after even two, three months. So I kind of quickly turned it into a rental. It, it rented right away. And then since then, you know, been steadily getting the, the rent check every month, that also triggered me, you know, like, I mean, wow, this, this is pretty good. Like, you know, this I, works. I, yeah. <laughs> I like that. So I was in Texas th that was in New Jersey. I still got my check every month and like, you know, I liked that concept and that also kind of led me into, you know, selecting multifamily. Okay. What if I own not one town home, but multiple. And then my, my first property is uh, eight unit in North Richland Hills here in uh, DFW Metropolitan. That's fantastic. So, you know, for listeners perspective, like, look, you can get started when you move into your second home and you just don't sell your first one. 
So my wife and I, we had a town home in uh, the Fort Lauderdale area and we sold it and took that cash and then, you know, and reinvested into a larger home. But looking back, I wish that I had kept uh, mm-hmm. kept that townhouse and just kept clipping that coupon. And like you said, sometimes it's not just about the money you make on that one deal, but it starts to get your mind going to, yes. hey, I kind of like this. You know, how how do I look at other rental properties, you know, that's for true. income? Yeah. Um, so, so that's huge. Um, but it all started with you saying that you were restless. Yes. Yeah, I was. Um, it was in me all along. Uh, I always wanted to do something on my own. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I took that step. And then um, so I started off with eight units. And then back in 19, I was actually able to quit my day job. And, you know, now I'm a full time into multifamily either buying stuff on my own or, or through syndications, you know, going in for bigger properties. That's fantastic. Um, so I want to explore that restlessness a little bit um, mm-hmm. because I believe that there's, I was like that. Like I knew that I wanted to, to try some different things, but, you know, fear gets in the way. And I know that a lot of listeners, you know, there's some listeners that want to get into real estate investing. They don't know how, and they let fear stop them. And whether, you know, you may have been successful doing the franchise thing, you know? So my, my whole thing is like, look, if you have that itch in your gut, mm-hmm. you know, if you have that restlessness, you have to explore it, you know, Absolutely. that's the big man upstairs, put that in you like, and you have to explore it or else it's going to eat you up inside. Very rightly said, Darren. Um, yeah, I couldn't put it in a better way. You know, you're right. So um, things are not going to be clear. Um, it's not a straightforward path, but you're right. Like, you know, if you don't explore based on that restlessness, you know, um, you're not going to go anywhere. And then at some point when you have, I mean, for example, even multifamily, once I decided to do it, while I was exploring, you know, trying to, I was not part of any mentoring groups at that time or, you know, n- not part of any network. Actually, it took me almost a year because I would go visit a property. I knew that the, the value add multifamily is the way to go, but I would chicken out every time I go, you know, am I going to buy this with the, you know, 100 or 150K, you know, my, my savings that I have? Am I going to put into this? Like, you know, this is going to fall apart. And then finally I mustered the courage to get in and uh, get going with the value-add uh, multifamily properties. Well, that's that's huge. And I think that that's very common. So hmm. you said you chickened out. Yeah. And then, and then at some point you got the courage. And yes. I, so I think that you have to have the courage to try something new. That's right. You know, and you might fail, mm-hmm. but you might, it might make you pivot also. So your restlessness first started with you going, hey, let me check out these franchise opportunities. That's right. And you actually devoted some time to go out and look at these opportunities. And then it didn't work out, but it kind of pushed you in the direction of, 
commercial real estate and, and multifamily. That's and had you not started looking at those franchises, mm-hmm. you'd yeah. probably be in the same spot. Exactly. Yeah. So listeners, like it's hard. It's scary. You need to have courage, but you need, if you have that pit in your stomach, you need to get out and do something about it. Absolutely. So you didn't know where you were going to go, but now you started the conversation by saying you, you had up to a thousand units. You started with eight. So how did you go from eight units to a thousand? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's been a fantastic journey, Darren. Um, so after that eight units, the next year, you know, another friend partnered with me and we, we went and bought it 37 units at that time, you know, I didn't know any better. I mean, like, like I said, it was not until much later, even though I was reading a lot of stuff on, because it, it's out there on the web, a lot of stuff, but I was not part of the any networking or, and, and I was always afraid of asking other people's money. So it was primarily, you know, my money and then another friend joined me. So we went and bought a 37 units and then Actually, I've, I've, I almost uh, did a, all 10 transactions so far on, on smaller properties. Primarily, it's me and, you know, one or two partners. And out of those 10, seven have gone full cycle. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and then, so along the way, we've learned a lot about taxes. We, we have done a lot of 1031s. So b- before I, you know, got into bigger syndications, you know, I, I think pretty much uh, I've done several deals. Like, you know, in one aspect, like, you know, I feel that, man, you know, I should have grown much faster. I, I, you know, maybe I should have been at uh, two, three thousand units by this time. <laughs> but I guess like, you know, dealing with smaller properties and doing my own property management and out of those seven, um, you know, we, we have initially have done some lot of recourse loans and then also slowly transitioned into Fannie loans on, on even on these smaller properties. But that gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, attention to detail. So I had, you know, actually not one or two, but several proof of uh, concepts like, you know, b- before I... Uh, went bigger and then you know the how property you mentioned in the beginning that's my first you know syndication uh, on a hundred unit deal so fantastic well i want you to talk about that that property because do you still own it yes i I still own it okay so that property um you know most of the deals that i look at i I don't know if, if you also um you know are market rate properties you know don't have any qualification you know, qualifications to, to have um, low-income tenants and whatnot. But the Howe property was unique in that, I, I can't remember the exact percentage, if it was 10% or 20%. Actually, it's 40% of the units. For, were, 40%? Yeah. Yes. So 40% of the units were subject to a uh, low-income uh, mm-hmm. program. And, yes. But what was unique was that within like a year, year and a half time, there was the ability to get out of it. Um, so did you get out of that? Yes. So uh, just, a, you know, going back to what you said, Darren, you know, till that point, we don't have any, you know, Section 8 or HUD property experience. Right. And, and, you know, pushing the boundaries, what we saw in that property is a 100-unit property. You know, we, we knew the 
the whole uh, north of Dallas, like, you know, up to Sherman is growing, right? It's right next to 75. So we like the property, but there was a lot of uh, questions about we don't have the HUD experience. 40% of the units are contracted to HUD, but the HUD contract is ending in a couple of years. So we thought that was a huge opportunity. And in fact, um, we did exactly what we anticipated. So we did come out of the HUD contract right now. We actually just came out end of January. Okay. And and then the 60 units have already gone up, you know, from a rent perspective, from where we were, an average of, of about $250 bump on rents on the 60 units. Wow. And And then as soon as we came out of the HUD contract, the rents have also gone up by almost $200 on that on those 40 units. So it's almost like a, a 250 to 260k income bump from where we started in, in these two years. That, that was if you recall, I mean, I think we closed on it in November 2019. And we, we just crossed uh, two years, we have executed what we wanted to. And Honestly, I mean, again, I don't want to project anything that's, but but we're looking at like a home run, you know, more than, you know, 150 person. Yeah, I, I, I used to just tell my yeah. wife before we just we recorded this, yeah. I'm like, I still kick myself on that deal because I really, really wanted that deal. Because one of the things that I loved about that deal, you said mm-hmm. it was right off 75 and it's in this town called Howe and there's not many other properties in that area. Um, but one thing that I found really interesting when I was researching that deal was Mm -hmm. I went north to Sherman, maybe 10, 15 minutes north. And there was this road, I can't remember the name of the road, but, um, on that road there, it was like apartment row. I mean, it was like one apartment complex after another. Mm -hmm. And I went and visited a lot of those and I was like, where, you know, where are you getting your tenants? And I was, I was assuming that most of the tenants were coming from, you know, being employed in Sherman, sure, yeah. because Sherman is is a, a larger city mm-hmm. in the, in that area, uh, where Howe is very small, and but that's not what they said. They told mm-hmm. me that they had a lot of people that were moving out of McKinney, mm-hmm. which is south of Howe. That's right. And then driving by Howe and going up to Sherman, and then doing the reverse commute. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow! Like, just think about. All those people, if they have a, if you renovate the Hal property, they could save 10, 15 minutes both ways, commuting right. back down to McKinney. That's right. So um, I, I recall you, uh, I think we exchanged brief conversation, I think either. At one of the conferences, or, yeah. The conferences, and you mentioned this, uh, Darren. Um, I, and I think we had slightly, you know, a bit of experience, like, you know, with the you know, what I call as the periphery properties, right? It's not a, so basically the periphery of the DFW. So prior to this, I owned a small- Can you say that again, the what? So, I mean, like, you know, so the outer rim of the DFW. So like what I call as the periphery of the, you know- Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of DFW. For example, we owned a smaller 24-unit deal in uh, Farmersville, Texas, which is also, um, you know, on 380, but closer to McKinney. Um, And we had a similar experience there, like, you know, where 
people live, I mean, some people would like to live out uh, in a smaller town and commute into the city for various reasons. So we felt like, you know, th this is a similar situation. And, you know, we, we, we saw the, the rent growth, like, you know, it was in the growth path and so on. Yeah. That's awesome. So this was your first syndication deal. What was your experience syndicating for the first time compared to just using your own money or, or partnering with one or two other people? So I, I, I guess uh, while we had the experience, like, you know, executing a business plan, turning around, you know, I've done several full life cycles, definitely the, the, the raising money part was new to us. Um, and, and it was, uh, you know, definitely in, in spite of the experience, like, you know, there was a lot more pressure because, you know, I, I, now I'm holding other people's money. Uh, you know, I, I, I knew what my responsibility was. Um, we went in, you know, communicated our, um, what my journey is. Uh, and, you know, people saw what our experience was with smaller properties. And then we were able to raise it. It was a small raise, you know, um, but we, we were able to raise a couple of million in a, less than a week. So it, it actually went by. I mean, that was the part I was most uh, you know, worried and, you know, not sure if I could, uh, you know, raise that kind of money, but I was lucky to, you know, me and my partner was actually lucky to raise that in a week and then, uh, we could focus on the transaction. So it actually turned out to be, you know, uh, you know, a very easy compared to what, we, what I was anticipating. Yeah, I think that that happens with a lot of things in life, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's in your mind. Mm -hmm. You set set something up as being such a big hurdle to cross. That's right. And, you know, sometimes it is hard, you know, mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you make it much bigger than it is. Yeah. Um, and it, that prevents you from going forward. Um, you said you were worried. You also said, you know, um, that you had more pressure because it was, mm -hmm. you know, other people's money. And I think that raising capital is one area of syndication that people get caught up on and, and are scared about. Um, yes. Yeah. But the flip side of it is if you think about the people that you brought into that deal mm. in the beginning, you told me that that deal, you don't want to say it for sure, but it looks like it's going to be a home run. Yeah. Um, those people are all going to make great money. Yes. So what, what I put off for a long time, I mean, oh man, I, I don't want too many people, I, you know, I, I, on a deal, like, you know, wow, that, that's a lot of pressure. But as you said, you know, you can have all these apprehensions, but I knew that to grow to the next level, syndication is the way to go. But what I've also realized is that along the way, um, now we love to educate our passive investors. Um, you know, we, we, we just sold, a, a, you know, my second syndication already went full cycle. So we, we just Fantastic. gave them back the returns. And, and it's such a rewarding experience, you know, uh, thinking that we made some difference to the investors. Um, they appreciate our, our efforts and so on. Now, um, 
you know, th- those conversations to educate them on wealth building and so on. You know, overall, what I f- felt was, I mean, maybe that's not my thing. Now I enjoy it so much. Uh, that's that's yeah. awesome. So, which is, you know, which strange, like, you know, with, with how things turn out, right? Yeah. Exactly. You never would have known that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I also think it's it's a way, you didn't use this word, but it, but I believe it is a way of serving. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're, there's some people that will, you know, will go out and, and um, you know, do things in their community to help serve. But here, you know, syndication is not just about, oh no, can I raise the money? Right. That's it's, right. it's about you actually helping grow the wealth of all of those investors, Absolutely, you know, and that's, yep. I think is a, is a means of serving. And that's aside from the fact of all the knowledge that you pour yes. into these people. So there's the financial piece of it mm-hmm. where they're, to, you know, providing some funds and then you're giving them great returns. And then some of those people really want to learn the business. Sure. And so you're teaching them along the way. Some are just looking for the returns. Um, uh, absolutely. But, but, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and then, you know, so podcasts like these, uh, they, they have an important role. You know, I was on a podcast before where, you know, based on your story, people reach out to you. And then now I also learned that uh, when people reach out to me, I love talking to them, educating them. Hey, you know, people ask me, you know, how did you get started? You know, what right. can I do to get started? And and also similarly, you know, for for my investors, apart from uh, the, the wealth building process, for example, recently someone, th- there were inquiries about what if something happens to me, you know, um, can, can this investment go to my kid or my wife? And like, you know, then we were exploring like, you know, the wills and trusts. So I explored, you know, my own like, you know, will and trust. And then we provided that, you know, that, that contact to, you know, how did we do it? Like, you know, uh, I exchange information in regards to, okay, this is what I did. This is how you protect your wealth. This is how you protect your family. So, go talk to this attorney. I mean, like it, it has n- nothing to do or, you know, find whoever it is. But these are, I mean, we, we're no experts in the subject matter, but these conversations are triggering so many things that where we make an impact on, uh, you know, our, our investors and so on. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And so, um, that, and that goes along with, you know, the network. So like you, at some point you joined some rock group um, and all of a sudden you meet a lot of other syndicators. Yes. And, you know, so it's not just about meeting passives that will invest in your deals, but you meet other syndicators and then you learn from how did you do it? How did you protect yourself in this, in this scenario? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, what companies do you use? And then all your passives get the benefit of yeah. the fact that you're educating yourself in that way. Absolutely. Um, the, you know, the mentoring groups, like, you know, the networking, you know, meeting with the right people. Uh, I, I cannot put value in, in, in all of those, right? Because the, there is accelerated growth of learning. There's, uh, and, and when you take action from what you're learning, 
you, you, you grow your company, you know, you, you grow your wealth, you know, along with your investors and so on. Right. So, um, what I, I mean, I, I did come in a little late, uh, so I started doing, you know, multifamily before on my own, but the amount of growth I got, like, you know, oh, wow. Okay. This can be done. I didn't know about this, like, you know, syndication concept. So, you know, it's not like, I mean, specific mentor. Or, I mean, definitely the, those groups, the mentoring groups, and but it's the people you, you surround yourself with, you know, which accelerates right. your growth like anything. Yeah. Exactly. So people have asked me, what's the biggest value I, you know, received? And, and you know, one is it helps you get your first deal, right? But it's, it to me, it's more about the network, you know. That's right. Knowing, okay, what property management companies do people use? What you know, rehab people do, um, do people use what, what attorneys do people use and what finance companies, all those things that like, if you had to do that on your own, mm -hmm. you know, it may take you a lot longer and you may pick the wrong guy. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that's huge. Congratulations, by the way, because like he, you Thanks, killed sir. it. I mean, Thank you. it's so funny how, you know, you're not the first person that, you know, has purchased a thousand units and feels sure. like, oh man, I, maybe I didn't go fast enough. You know, I had one guy <laughs> that was like, oh, I've done, you know, I've been in business for like 10 years and I've done like one deal a year. And he felt like he would, you know, hadn't done enough. And I'm like, there are so many people out there that have not even bought a duplex, you know, sure. not having, not even bought a single family home as a, as an investment. And so I believe there's a big ripple, ripple effect. So hmm. look, the first podcast you did, you were probably nervous. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But you do it because you're, you know, the benefit of teaching somebody else. Absolutely. Then that's why, I mean, like, so for example, even you, right. I'm pretty sure uh, I followed you on the, you know, Facebook. I know you, you, you got started in multifamily, but we're in the same line of business, but I see that you started this podcast, like, you know, I think maybe uh, in a year ago or year and um, a half ago, a yeah. year and a half. Yeah. Um, and I get your, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, maybe I might not have listened to every single one. I do listen to, oh, wow, this looks interesting. And then you, no matter what your experience is, your podcast and maybe, you know, other podcasts, I go walk away with, oh, wow, I didn't think of it that way. Or, you know, you, you, you take away the, the golden nuggets like, wow, you know, this is new information that I've never heard. So that's the, you know, like, I mean, that purpose of, you know, it's, you're not, you know, you're not only impacting the newcomers, but the, you know, even experienced folks, definitely. Um, well, first of all, thank you. Um, yeah. And I learn from every single guest that comes sure. on, you yeah. know, which, which is fantastic is, yeah. is that I get to learn from everybody. Um, and I hope that listeners learn as well. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, you know, I want both um, new people, to, you know, the biggest, hardest part, you know, for new people is to actually have the courage to take action. And, you know, so I try to hit up on that. Um, and, but then I want to also provide value to syndicators that are looking to scale to learn from other sure. people that have done, done more, you mm -hmm. know? Um, 
So that's fantastic. Talk about some of the learning lessons that you've learned along the way. While I don't have, I mean, uh, regrets, uh, you know, uh, scaling up or things like that, right? But, you know, the, the way I see it is that you have to move the needle every single day. It's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a month. But build your knowledge, but knowledge without action is, it doesn't get you anywhere, right? As far as the learning lessons, finding right partners. You know, I, I realized that my initial personal deals, like, you know, where I had a friend, you know, great guy, you know, great friendship, you know, so even now, they didn't have the same, you know, abilities or, or maybe, you know, different kind of mindset uh, for us to, you know, move and go, grow bigger much sooner. Go to the next level. So I had to have like, you know, honest talk and say, hey, you know, we, we are friends. Like, you know, I mean, you, you're a great guy, but the, the mind, I mean, unless we push ourselves, like an, unless there's a mind shift change, we, we're not going to get anywhere. Right. So that's when I met my, you know, current partner. Uh, so I, I think, you know, having those complementary skills, uh, bouncing off ideas like, you know, with each other, um, you know, agreeing to disagree and, you know, debate, discuss, but arrive at a decision and, and move, move along is, uh, so I would say, you know, I wish I would have found the right partner much sooner, which I have right now, right now. And I'm very happy with that. And so, you know, for, I would say, you know, that's, you know, something that I've learned along the way. I've, I've heard people talk about, you know, partnerships as being very, 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 very important. Yes. And um, you didn't use this terminology, but I, I think of it that way is that, and I've seen it in this line of business that people that are willing and able and actually do have the hard conversations early. Mm. Yes. You know, so it's right. not easy to have that conversation Absolutely. Right. Yeah. With somebody. Yeah. But there are some people that I've met in this business and man, like when you start talking about partnership, it's like, you know, what's your net worth? Like what's your liquidity? What are you going to bring to the table? Like what's my, what's your role? And what's my role? Like, and they just are not wasting time with people that aren't going to be complimentary to them, yeah. you know, and a good fit. Yeah. And, and what I also learned is that, um, you know, not to have short-sightedness, you know, the same thing, you know, with, with partners or even other vendor partners, right? What I've also realized is cheapest is not the best. And then you, you, you don't jump to, um, at, at least I don't jump to different people, uh, or different vendors, you know, based on, you know, yes, if there is, if it makes sense, like, you know, for the, for the deal, yes, I would do it. But sometimes like, you know, you, you don't pick on small things. And then that lasting relationships is what makes you and, uh, you know, kind of help you along the way, you know, uh, you know, I've had incredible success with, I found solid vendors. I stuck to them. And I get, you know, a lot of benefit, unseen benefit. Uh, from like what? That. Uh, like, for example, like, you know, my lenders, they, you know, 
they, they, they promote me, you know, like I, I get a lot of value, you know, input, not just the, you know, a, a term sheet from back, right? Because right. if they have history with the property, you know, they're rooting for me to win. So they're pushing um, or, or, you know, putting a good They might work. be using their leverage yeah. and their relationship yeah. with the broker yeah, to, broker, exactly. you know, yeah. to push it your way. Yeah. And, and then they're actually um, connecting me with investors uh, because they, they think like, you know, I'm, I'm honest guy, you know, uh, and I'm doing good. And so maybe, you know, if someone, you know, comes uh, and quits them, like, you know, they, they give my name, like, you know, Hey, talk to this guy, you know, so that's a good thing to have yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody, exactly, you yeah. know, pushing leads your way in, yeah. in different aspects. Hey, you, you mentioned something before that I want to get your take on. You said cheapest is not the best. Yes. So, so talk about that. What, what do you mean by that? So, um, so high, you know, professionals like, you know, who take their work seriously, they, I mean, obviously they, they're, they're proud of what they do and, and they might cost more. So we've gone down the path, you know, it could be with contractors, you know, it could be, you know, insurance, lenders, you know, anything, right? When, when someone values their work and then when they, they take, you know, themselves very seriously, you know, they, they, it, it might cost you a little bit more. But the, when you go with the cheapest option, we have learned it in a very hard way that it comes with a cost, you know, yeah. some unseen yeah. cost. And so, uh, you know, what I personally realized is that because initially my thinking was that uh, I, I need to get the cheapest, you know, stuff and, you know, get it done in a very, you know, not, I mean, my intention was to get it in a very efficient, you know, I mean, uh, a price effective manner, but later on I kept realizing that, okay, I paid much cheaper, but at the end of the day, six months down the road, actually it costed me a lot more. Right. And I would have, you know, used a better contractor, uh, you know, to begin with, and I, I wouldn't end up in a situation again in a three months, you know, so th those are the learning lessons that we learned and value, you know, the, the professionalism and then value the quality of work r rather than, you know, getting done at a, you know, uh, at no, a I think, price. I think that's yeah. huge. I mean, even just on the, the podcasting side. So I hired a consultant to help me with the launching the podcast cause I had never done it before. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure that I could have found somebody cheaper, but he provided so much value in, Hey, you should really look mm -hmm. at this software for this piece. You should look at this sure. software for this piece. And look, if I was having to do that on my own, every one of those decision points, I would have had to research it and figure That's out. Right. And, and I don't know if I would have picked the right one. And, and um, so that's a huge value. So maybe Absolutely. I'm paying more for mm -hmm. one piece of it, but I'm getting all this other value, yeah. you know, based on the, the experience level of that professional. Absolutely. Um, so same yeah. thing holds true in, in multifamily. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, hey, talk about uh, what markets are you focused on? So I'm primarily in uh, DFW. Uh, so we have not uh, executed anywhere else. Um, I'm open to looking um, at, at other markets like in you know, other Texas markets and uh, 
you know, maybe Florida, you know, Arizona and things like that. But uh, so far uh, with with the bandwidth I have, uh, we've been able to, I'm still bullish on DFW uh, compared to, you know, the one thing is that, because now you you have the burden of the history, you know, uh, you, you bought at 60 a door, now you're buying at, you know, 100 plus, uh, you know, 150 plus a door. Um, oftentimes, like, you know, no, I'm I'm going to stop buying in DFW and then you, you start researching other cities, like, you know, and then you come back and wow, those are still expensive. So, so you come back to your core city, you know, where you are familiar, like, you know, yeah. so I'm still very bullish in uh, DFW, but I'm, I'm open to look elsewhere also. So why are you bullish on DFW? So what I like with DFW, Darren, is that th- this is a very much a mixed economy, you know, n- not specific to one specific industry, um, you know, so I like a lot about that. And then we still have people moving, um, you know, ton of people moving from other states. Uh, so DFW is still capturing a lot of, uh, you know, migrants, you know, the incoming folks uh, within Texas. Um, and and then, you know, even from a price per pound kind of situation, uh, I, I still feel the valuations are very much reasonable compared to say for example tampa florida you know um you know phoenix arizona uh some north carolina markets and so on so um so i still feel that you know this is uh this still has a lot of potential dfw yeah i mean so i i have a lot of the same feelings as you like i remember when i got involved i met other syndicators that were like, Darren, man, I was buying at 30, 40 a door and mm-hmm. I'm out. And this was four yeah. years ago and I'm, I'm buying at 80 a door and I'm like, I'm in. And now we're in that situation, right? We bought at 80 door and now it's a 150 a door and like, mm-hmm. do you keep going? Um, I don't know the answer, you know, um, we don't all, we don't have a crystal ball, but there are certain things that I still believe are, are bullish on, on, um, DFW and Texas, you know, I saw in COVID, like COVID, you know, you, it, it was illegal to evict your tenant mm. for non-payment. And, yes. but then there were some tenants that would all of a sudden just leave in the middle of the night. Right. Mm. And when that happened, there was like a line at the door for new people to come in. That's right. And I don't know if that's the case in certain other markets, you know, so I yeah, was right. very appreciative that as an owner that, hey, if somebody left, there was a paying customer coming in. That's and, right. Um, and that goes to, you know, population growth and income growth and job growth. Um, and those other markets you mentioned that, you, you know, have, you have interest in too, Arizona and Florida, you know, those are other, other high growth markets as well. Sure. Um, but to your point, all the growth markets have a high price per pound, high price, price per unit. That's so right. why not focus where you know yeah. the markets yourself? That's right. Yeah. So that, you have the benefit sense. of local knowledge here. Um, right. So why not focus like, you know, when you still have the potential, you know, but at the same time, you know, I always advise my passive investors to 
diversify, you know, even geographical diversification, right? Um, you know, it's not, I, I'm not the only guy, you know, or, uh, you know, we, we're not the only guys like, you know, doing it. So I, right. I, I, you know, I, I come out sincerely and say, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to invest somewhere, like, you know, you know, in another geographical location, we even like, you know, uh, connect them with other syndicators. Uh, so whatever I personally do, I, you know, I tell the same kind of, uh, because I, I also personally invest passively at, you know, in other geographical locations to diversify. So I, I, I say that to my investors as well. So. Oh, I think that's yeah. great advice. I, yeah. I say, you know, first pick your market that you want to be in, mm -hmm. then find good, strong, that's you know, right. syndicators in that market. Yeah. And then look at the deals from those syndicators. Yes. Um, so what about, I, you know, I haven't really kept up with you in terms of uh, the, your latest deals. You know, I, I've seen a lot of syndicators kind of moving in the last year or two from BC to A, you know, A properties, maybe B plus properties. Like, have you seen that? And, you know, what's your perspective on, on that kind of shift? Are you just going that direction or are you staying in the kind of BC value add? Sure, Dan. Um, we we have definitely done a lot of C deals, and and my last uh, two big syndications, like you know, one is a two twenty three unit in Grapevine, and another one two twenty four unit in uh, Irving. Both, I would say that they're you know kind of B B plus situation. So um, personally, you know, I am moving away from C. But I'm very much, uh, you know, I would still like to do B, B plus kind of deals. Um, we, we did go after uh, a few A deals, you know, for example, there, there was one in Van Elstein, which is close to how yeah. uh, we, we did go after a, a deal over there. Uh, we, we didn't win. Um, so certainly A deals are on our target. Uh, I mean, on our radar, uh, right. but, but, you know, we would pick our markets carefully, you know, uh, and, and also, you know, I'm, I'm also exploring, um, a new brand new construction as well. You know, again, just like, as you said in the beginning, pushing boundaries, you know, little bit by bit. So, right. um, I have, uh, a personal property in Waxahachie. Uh, uh, you know, it came with 65 unit townhomes with, with plenty of seven acre land. Uh, we, we love that market and, you know, and we are now exploring to build over there. So, uh, you know, I think in a very similar fashion, like, you know, where uh, I've done personal deals and then offered the same thing to, you know, investors. So this construction project could potentially be, you know, a smaller, you know, partnership kind of deal. But, you know, there's a possibility we, we can spin that off as a syndication also. We, we're still exploring. Um, but definitely, you know, we, we are interested in EA deals based on the current pricing. Uh, yeah. But but I, I would do, you know, um, a B, B plus value add all day long if we all can day long. find right. it at the right price. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny, this conversation in the beginning, you hmm. start t saying that you started with eight units, right? Yeah. And now you just mentioned the last two deals, 223 and 224 units. Yeah. And 
it doesn't sound scary. Like when you say <laughs> it, you just kind of say it matter of fact. Yeah. But in the beginning, that eight unit, <laughs> you know, that it feels more scary. And that's what I, I want listeners to know that is that, look, most people that I've interviewed, that first deal or two mm-hmm. was the scariest. And it was much smaller than where they ended up growing into. You yeah, know, so. absolutely. Um, actually, I mean, I, I, I still recall um, how fearful I was, like, you know, n- n- not just that eight, but the next one, um, getting into a recourse loan. The banker was asking, oh, you don't have experience. Can you, you know, write, write up your business plan? I mean, I, I don't know, you know, how to write a business plan at that point for a, specifically for multifamily. Sure. Um, so, and, and it was a recourse loan. So I, I still vividly recall all the details and the, my nervousness with that small 37 unit deal. But the last two deals, I don't even, you know, that the transaction is done. It's not like, you know, I was any fearful, uh, the, the last one was, you know, 35 plus million, uh, so we, we, we were able to execute it within 75 days, uh, so it's strange, like, you know, how as it's you strange, push. strange, isn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, because, you, you know, you end up, you, know, you mentioned it earlier, like you get, you build confidence, you know, with, with doing transactions as you get the experience. And what I love is that, you know, you're not just settling, like you're like, okay, now new construction. I've never done that before. Yeah. You know, let, that's a new learning that there's, there's going to be some stuff that you don't know sure. how it's going to work and you're going to have to work through that. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that's part of like life. Like that's, ex- that's right. the excitement. If you do the same thing over and over and over again, then you yeah. start getting a little bored. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're right on that. That's fantastic. Um, you talked a lot about relationships. Okay. And I think that sometimes you know, that gets talked about and people don't really understand the value of that, you know, that, all right, I got to go to these conferences and go to these networking sessions. And, you know, what are people doing? They just go and shaking hands and, but these are people that you actually do business with and that you trust to help you execute your business plan. That's right. So, that, you know, that, that's an important, important part of it. And, you know, um, just even networking with other syndicators, you may hear something that somebody's going through, you know, in 2020, and then it has no value to you. That's right. And then all of a sudden in 2022, you have one of your properties going through that same deal. And you're like, you know what? I know who to call. Yeah, yeah exactly. So th- this is definitely a people business, uh, Dan. Um, and, and, you know, I strongly believe you, you cannot go anywhere w- without, uh, you know, s- do uh, what you say, you know, stick to your word, uh, be transparent and build relationships. That, that's what it is all about. It, it's definitely, you know, uh, there's a lot of knowledge involved, but it's not a rocket science. You know, it's not something that people cannot acquire. Um, so it's knowledge, action, and then build, I mean, uh, with your actions, 
definitely build your trust, you know, integrity and all that. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I cannot, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that, you know, we, we cannot emphasize how valuable these relationships are. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just, and, and also, you know, how valuable these networking events are because uh, you, you meet one guy, you know, like, just like you said, you know, I mean, we have, we shake hands, we talk for 15 minutes, but then the, you, it comes back and, you know, wow, you know what? I remember that conversation, something comes up and then you, you can source information just by calling someone. And uh, so it, it's definitely, you know, helping out each other. Um, and it's in the, you know, th this is, uh, you know, commercial real estate, you know, multifamily is a, is a huge, uh, I mean, it's not like, you know, one person can go, you know, <laughs> buy all these assets. So right. it's a, so you would rather grow much faster when you, you know, help each other out than, you know, working in isolation and not sharing information and things like that. So that, that's huge. Yeah. You said, do what you say. I've, I've heard a lot of people say that. Do what you say you're going to do, you know, where does that come up? What do you, what do you mean by that? So, for example, um, you know, talking specifics, like especially when you're sourcing deals with brokers, right? Uh, you know, especially, I mean, the, the bigger properties have, you know, big players, a lot of competition, which we, we will, you know, participate in the market process and uh, win the deals like, you know, as we are supposed to win. Um, but I've also done several off market properties. How did I get those uh, deals? Like, and I'm not uh, definitely that there are much more bigger players in the, you know, in, in this DFW market, it's the trust you build with, uh, you know, with, with the brokers. Did I deliver on what I, you know, what I've said? See, I think people's time is valuable, right? Um, I said, I will call you, you know, I have to call, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I said I would, uh, you know, make an offer on this deal. Like, you know, I, I said, I've, you know, I will tour this deal. Like, you know, I did. Um, and once you, you know, win the deal, like, you know, it's important to, you know, move heaven and earth, like, you know, to execute on this deal. So over time, you know, you build relationships and based on people care for you, you know, because, I delivered on what I, what I said, it's, it could be, you know, simple things like, you know, even, um, n not even something big, right. Uh, even for your passive investor, I said, I would call and then I, I called and I spent 30 minutes and then they asked for some information and they delivered it. So it's all about these small things there and not, uh, you know, just don't say something because it's nice to say, uh, but but in each of your interactions, you know, if you have if you have said something that that you would deliver, it could be something simple as like you know I you know I I said I would give you some information and you know you deliver on it. You know, I think I I love that you you brought up not just you know the broker situation because that is a real one that you know look if you if you get into a deal and you make the transaction easy and you do what you say, then the broker is going to remember that. And, you know, he's going to be more apt to, to recommend you on the next one. Um, but there's all these other different little, you know, things that may seem small, but if a pastor inv investor asks for something and you say you'll get, get it to them, make sure you do it. Like, sure. cause 
that person may be talking to his brother and his mom and dad and aunt and uncle, and they could all come in on the next deal, you yeah, know, right. and people talk. And so yes. you want to be a person that does what they say they're going to do. Um, sure. So yes, I, yeah. I think it applies to all different aspects within the business. Hey, right. uh, what's the next big stretch goal for you now? Thousand units. What, you know, is it a unit count? Is it moving into other markets? What's your next big stretch goal? You know, luckily, you know, uh, I, I think d definitely, you know, I have the goal for scaling and then definitely on new construction project is my next goal. Uh, but I'm also conscious of, uh, it's not a rat race for me, you know, because I, I need to get to a certain unit count, you know, because as we grow bigger, as we raise money, it's a, um, it, it has to be a win-win like, you know, for the sponsor and the investors. So, I'll, you know, I, I take a very cautionary approach without getting, you know, uh, bogged down with the fear. You know, the fear is good because it makes you, you know, think properly. And but at the same time, like, you know, fear cannot let you, uh, you know, not take the next step. So I want to, you know, plan my, you know, steps very carefully. It's not my personal ambition that I need to get to a 5,000 units, but it has right. to be a win-win um, I mean, yes, I can keep on doing deals because just because I can raise money right now, but, but in the back of my mind, you know, but what if, uh, you know, these deals that we are doing don't deliver like, you know, in the next two years or three years or whatnot. Right. So I'm, I'm, you know, taking a very cautionary approach. I want to grow, but I want to grow in a very, um, you know, where we can, you're focused on delivering. De delivering, exactly. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, there might not be a deal that, uh, you know, where you, you go in with all your best intentions, uh, you try to put in your best efforts to execute it. But there might be a situations like, you know, where, um, you know, it's not up to the mark of uh, what you projected. In those cases, what I would like to always be to do is that constant communication and transparency, right? That, that that's what, like you know, where uh, you know you, you you'll be covered if if you're ever in a situation where you're you're you know for whatever reason you're unable to deliver. So I would like to you know go step by step, building confidence with my investors, and not uh, you know kind of take a speeding trying to to get a certain number. And, and yeah, then, I think I think yeah. that makes sense and. It's a difficult one because you've done a number of different deals. And if you have investors that have been in multiple deals and you've, you've, you know, performed for them on two other deals, they made great money. And, you know, the third deal, you know, maybe the economy goes into a downspin and it's out of your control and um, it kind of stalls out a little bit. And, you know, that person probably understands. Yes. Yeah. The difficult part is, the investor, the first time investor with you that is on, in only that deal. Only that deal, yeah. You know, and that's all they know. Um, that makes it more difficult. And, you know, I don't, but to your point, I don't think that that can stop us as syndicators from moving exactly. forward. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, De definitely. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, because, 
you know, anything unless it's explored, um, because you, you don't uh, make money just sitting around and, you know, th- there is always risk in whatever we do. We, we still need to take in, risk. In and, and doing nothing, right? In, I mean, yeah. there, actually, if you have no $100,000 <laughs> in the bank and, exactly, yeah. you know, there's 7% inflation, which they mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. said, well, then at the end of the year, you're yeah. not 100,000 is only worth 93,000 of yeah. buying power. You yeah, know, you're, um, you're absolutely right. Dan. you know, there's more risk not doing anything right now rather than, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you losing money on a, a solid, hard multifamily asset. Yeah. Right. So what do you like to do outside of work for fun? I, I, you know, um, the one thing I like is, uh, you know, I, I love watching documentaries on various topics, right? Um, and then I, I would like to travel, uh, definitely, you know, not doing it as much as I want, but uh, right. I want to I explore other countries, you know, even, you know, different places in the U.S., um, which, which I try to do, you know, once in a while. So travel and then, you know, I'm uh, definitely I have two daughters, so I'm pretty much engaged in their uh, activities and how old are uh, they they're uh, 14 and 12 you know so (laughs) not that they need I mean my my 14 year old right now is like okay I mean I had enough of you but (laughs) 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 so there there comes it's funny how being a parent it's like you know when their kids are really young like you are you can't say anything wrong, That's right? right? And yeah. then you they get to a certain age and you can't say anything right. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, I, I'm in that situation right now. But, you know, you, you, you just suck it up and then be, be there for them and guide them through the process, like in you know, a school or, you know, building character and all that stuff. So I'm... Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Satya, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you sharing with others. Hey, if, if others want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you or learn more about you? Sure. Either my email or, uh, you know, I, I can give my phone number. Um, so you want to give your email address, um, uh, sure. so that they have that? Sure. My, my first name, Satya, S-A-T-Y-A dot P as in Peter dot Masina, my last name, M-A-S-I-N-A at gmail.com. Fantastic. Well, um, always a pleasure. Look forward to seeing you at the next event. I really appreciate you sharing with the listeners. And uh, listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that one. Until next week, signing off. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.